Now, I don't say this often. I don't say this often. Now, I don't say this often. He's going to be a wild card in the league. Welcome back to the Wild Cards Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Coleman Madlin. I'm joined here once again on this lovely February Friday afternoon with my two fellow co-hosts. Joshua Sykes. Brandon Hartke. Let's get right into the news. All right, let's start off. Brandon, do you want to talk about Cliff Kingsbury um, and, and, and the Raiders' offensive coordinator job? Yeah, man. So Cliff Kingsbury last night signed with the Las Vegas Raiders for their um, offensive coordinator job. Um, this was the guy that I thought would like go coach Alabama just because like, you know, I thought they were going to go a little bit younger than what they've got. And <clears throat> I really liked his uh, play calling back when he was with the Cardinals, when he went, um, 28 and 37. So like, he didn't do that good, but like, I think he was a little bit ahead of his time in the NFL. Cause I mean, that was only like a couple years ago, but like now that like Mike McDaniel, the Kyle Shanahan offenses, and even like Ben Johnson, like just how like the offenses are more unique, you know, like trick plays and everything. And I think this will be a great fit for the Raiders. The only problem is, is, you know, they do have a new head coach, but that division is just like stacked with great coaches like Jim Harbaugh, Sean Payton and Andy Reid. Like that's like hard to beat. You got to play them twice a year. So I think the Raiders getting a guy who has NFL experience and who's like, you know, I feel like this is better for him just to be the offensive coordinator than to be the head coach because he just has to think about the offense. So just to like scheme against those teams six times a week or six times in a season, I think this is a great pickup by the Raiders. Sure, for sure. And just based off that, I was going to ask you guys a question because you you – brought up something that I thought was kind of interesting. What division in the NFL do you guys think has the best coaches and head coaches? I don't want you to factor in like the offensive coordinators. I mean, you can if you want, but just purely based. And I, I would argue that it is the AFC West. Um, AFC yeah, West, they, I mean, you have, so, so you got Reed, you got, um, and Harbaugh, like the guys you mentioned, Pierce, and then, and then, um, gosh, who am I missing? Uh, Sean Payton, of course. I mean, it's not hard to, it's not hard to miss him. He's kind of a fraud now. Anyway. Um, but yeah, I, I would say the AFC West, Josh, you have any thoughts? Is there any, are there any divisions that have better coaches? I mean, NFC West has some pretty good. You got, uh, I, like, I mean, the NFC North has good coaches, but Matt Eberflus, I think that's the Bears head coach. I don't know. I mean, you could say like he's iffy as much sure. as like the Vikings are like fraudulent. I mean, Kevin O'Connell does a good job. Sure. He's in yeah, a lot of those guys have just like not recently. I mean, some recently have been, it's probably like all, all of them in the last like eight years have been, um, recent hires. So, I mean, they're unproven. They're most of them are young guys. Um, obviously no Super Bowls out of any of those guys. Um, so they're unproven, but I think that's NFC North probably is one of those divisions that has the most untapped potential. Um, and hopefully that gets tapped. So yeah, that's my Josh. Any, any, any opinions? No, I think y'all covered it pretty well. Um, yeah, I don't see any problem with what y'all said. Gotcha. All right. Brandon, what's up next? Um, so up next, Mike Martin, um, FSU baseball legend, has sadly passed away at the age of 79. Um, he's the winningest coach in college baseball history. And I believe he had been battling with low with Lou body dementia. He spent 40 seasons at Florida State going 2029 wins. 736 losses and four ties after then he then retired in 2019 which i believe his son took over the team after that but he did not do that good of a job so his son is i believe no longer the head coach but 
while Martin was the head coach, they won 19 conference titles. You could put him up there with a Bobby Bowden as an FSU great, you know? Oh, of course. Yeah. 79. You know, great great impact. Great impact. I think that, I think he put, I don't remember the exact figure, but I saw a figure on Instagram from one of these like FSU accounts that I follow. And it's, it said that he had like one of the most like, uh, prospects drafted in, in, in or in the farm system or one of those metrics by like a large margin um and, and of course i don't know which metric that is so don't hold me to that but one of the metrics was like an insane amount i think he had like um several it's in like the high couple dozen that he had drafted um into farm systems maybe even more than that but yeah impressive coaching career overall um i, I wish we would have seen him win a national championship that would have been awesome yeah. rest in peace uh peace. prayers out to him and his family uh, yeah, but moving on to someone else that's dead to me, uh, Liam Cohen uh, has screwed over my Kentucky Wildcats for the second time in three years. He has used uh, Mark Stoops as a stepping stone to get back to the NFL, and I'm not appreciative of that at all. Uh, didn't have the greatest seasons last season. Not terrible, but not great. Uh, we're wanting to try to take the next big step, and I thought Liam Cohen would help us do that with this great uh, recruiting class and uh, – transfer portal class that we brought in because of Liam, his style of offense, but like he has screwed us over once again. Uh, I'm sure in Lexington right now, they're having a burial of Liam Cohen in his career. Um, he's definitely on the no higher list from now on. Yeah. But yeah, going I mean, through the Buccaneers, no way. If everybody doesn't know, he's uh, now offense coordinator of the Buccaneers. Um, I really don't know why he made the move, to be honest. I mean, I get it, NFL, but like... Um, Money. Same time. Yeah, this is this is my thing, Josh. Oh, whoa, whoa, whoa! Hold on. He okay, okay. Highest paid assistant in sure. NCAA. But okay, would you? I mean, this is the, this is the thing. I, and for everyone listening, I have had this conversation with Josh. I, I saw the rumor of him leaving. Uh, I, we had this conversation, all of us. Um, and I, Josh is probably the biggest Kentucky fan I've I've ever met. And the thing is, I don't. It's hard to explain, Josh, that just because it's a team you love doesn't mean that like they have the same exact connection. Sure, they're the coach, but they'll. I think. Any offensive coordinator, head coach, I mean, not maybe not head coach, any any person in their right mind who's young and has a future in coaching, who's a current head or not, sorry, who's a current part, uh, who's a current assistant coach at a university, I don't see why they wouldn't move to take an offensive coordinator job. It's not a lateral position. This is an upgrade by far. It doesn't even matter if they get paid less, which I'm pretty sure he's going to get paid more, even though he's that one of the highest paid assistants. I worry for Kentucky um, for not only their recruiting. I know Mark Stoops is a pretty good recruiter. Um, but obviously the, the NFL talent that Liam Cohen has, um, those connections with all the NFL teams, like you have the Los Angeles Rams. Um, and I mean, that's really it, but, um, I, the, the, the talent that he brings in at like a recruiting level from both the transfer portal and out of high school, I think will be greatly missed. And I don't, I don't know how Kentucky's going to fill that gap and fill that void in the time that they're looking for a new OC. Well, you know, we got time, and uh, if Mark Stoops, if you're listening to this, probably not, but, like, I will <laughs> make the trip to Lexington. I will become the next office coordinator. I won't take a dime of your money. You heard it here first. we win a national championship, buddy. Volunteer. I know exactly what we can do. Uh, Rock Vandergliff, the next coming of Will Levis. Oh, uh, he's oh, actually going to be yeah. better than Will Levis. Uh, coming from White Georgia. hope. It's not hard when you don't need to start. Yeah. What yeah, do you well, mean? He was, like... The third best quarterback in his uh, recruiting class, top five. If he was that good, wouldn't he be playing? Wouldn't he be playing? He was playing behind, but he was playing behind Stinson Bennett, and then he played behind Carson Beck. That 
already had two years in the system that he got in. So, I mean, okay, okay, I'll hard give... to say that he can play over you know what, Josh? in the system. I'm gonna go ahead and give him the benefit of the doubt. I'm excited as also a, a, a big, also as a big Kentucky fan. I'm excited to see how he does. Um, of course, I, I I'm more of a Kentucky basketball fan, but I'm a Kentucky fan nonetheless, and I wonder if. Brock Vandergriff is going to live up to this expectation. Obviously, we're going to see. Um, but I definitely think that Liam Cohen leaving might have an impact not only on Vandergriff. I'm sure like it was a possibility in his head, like his his people, his 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 camp knew that it was a possibility. Um, but I'm I'm wondering if that's going to impact the way he plays, performs, or even decides to stay at Kentucky. Josh, you yeah. do you think he's going to leave? Who Vandergriff? No, I don't think he'll leave. Um... I don't know. It's just it's it's tough. I mean, they definitely got to find somebody with the same like kind of like play style as Cohen, like the way he calls plays and things like that. I mean, it's just hard to find. I was thinking when I first heard the news, uh, Kingsbury maybe. You know what I'm saying? It'd be crazy, but he had already signed I mean, with dude. the I mean, Raiders. I, dude, I, who? I, I think you're a bit optimistic here. I, I okay. This is your thing. This is the thing. I know we're drowning like droning on about this. Dude, let me no, let me go. Let me go. Okay, Brenna. Josh, I'm just gonna put it this way. Kentucky football does not draw as much attention as the NFL or Kentucky basketball even draws. Like, no offense to Kentucky bat football program, nothing against them. But Cliff Kingsbury is not on y'all's radar, okay? One, the SEC is just stacked. Like, y'all aren't beating Bama. Maybe with a 12-year or what is it, 12-team playoff, y'all will be we get closer to beating Bama than Georgia. Especially yeah, after, after everybody left. That. Well, that's Could a whole different that. thing. But um, and the reason like Liam Cohen left is like it's like what all the guys say you you can't win the Lombardi Trophy in college football, like it's not who there. Says who says that? Who says that? Let me know who says that, buddy. Jim Harbaugh literally said that, bro. When they asked oh him, why did you come back to the, the meat writing is crazy. It's not meat writing. I'm just comparing great coaches, Josh. Do you think Liam Cohen's a good guy? I don't like, think he is at all. I'm, I if I'm an offensive coordinator and I'm scheming up in Kentucky and I look at this phone call and it says. Tampa Bay. I'm just sitting there like, oh my God, is this finally my chance to go to the NFL? Can I finally yeah. leave Kentucky and go down to Tampa Bay? Yeah, yeah but let's think about this. Why do you have to come to Kentucky? Because the LA Rams didn't want his ass no more. <laughs> and then they wanted him again. And then they came back to Kentucky. That's the whole thing, though. Like, That's the whole thing. You're used as a used stepping Kentucky stone. As a side it, chick. Exactly. It's a stepping stone. So why do you think that? Uh, and, and yeah, but again, why bring somebody back? He he owes Kentucky so, half of his freaking okay. salary. So are you are you upset with the with the management? Are you upset with Aid Bernhardt or are you upset uh, upset with um anyone like the the uh, who are I you say upset? Burn with? it all. I say burn it all, man. Bernhardt can get it because I mean not really because honestly I'm sure they had a sit down conversation like yo you're gonna be here for a minute and he's probably like Cohen was probably like yeah so well, of course is a of course you liar. say that that's like the same thing Cohen's you say if you're in college you, you say to your summer job. Oh, I'm sta- I I plan on working at CVS for the next 20 years of my life. Of course you're not. You're going back for the semester. Yeah, but you're you're not signing a contract for multi-million dollars. You are signing a contract, not for multi-million dollars, but it's the same type of thing, just on a smaller scale. That's my not take. Really? Okay. Anyway, let, let's just move on. We, I think we all okay, agree that Liam Cohen didn't have... Way. Okay, let's hear it. He owes $500 million to the University of Kentucky for breaking its contract. He does owe, like, officially he owes it. It's in the clause? $500,000, yes. Oh, I thought you said oh, $5 million. I thought you said $500 million. I was like, oh, five, no. Okay, no, we're not. It's not Mahomes. $500,000? That's, like, that's, like, that's an acceptable he gets paid amount. 1.2. Okay, that is a lot. But he's going to get a better, like, he's going to get paid probably over three, five, somewhere in that range million at Tampa Bay as an OC. 
I don't Easily. care. I'm be honest with you. If if I got the opportunity to coach, just not even say Kentucky. Let's just say, give me a program that's like comparable to Kentucky football. Vanderbilt. <laughs> okay, no. Let's. Shut say, up. What what is the comparable program to Kentucky? Uh, yeah, Kentucky. think about it. Okay, are we in the SEC? Because I think that you'd have to pick. Oh, it doesn't have to be. In, I, I give you like Maryland. Dude, are you stupid? Yeah, no. Maryland's not comparable, bro. Okay, fine. Let's think of it. Has it has to be in a power five. Yeah, Josh, you're making me think of a team like it was eight and four every year, and then it's like think about Clemson recently. Like the first four games, like that's every. Okay, well, Clemson recently, Clemson for one year, they dominated. Two years. Let me think of a team what? that goes okay. nine and three. Mississippi makes State a game every year. Mississippi State. Hmm. Mississippi State's not comparable, dude. We're better than Mississippi State. You're not better than Ole Miss. Okay, Ole Miss. Okay, give me oh. Ole Miss. I'm offense coordinator at Ole Miss. I'm not taking calls, to be honest. If I build yeah, Ole Miss is a Ole better Miss, position than Kentucky. Yeah, that's just totally like, different. Kentucky just like Lane Ole Miss is not, not taking comparable. calls. Yeah, okay, sure, but it, it's not comparable, so it doesn't matter if you're taking calls. That's okay, give me a comparable then. Maryland used to be yes. pretty good, dude. No, they weren't. Like average for the Big Ten, which is Kentucky's below average in the SEC. No, they're, they're not. They're average. They're average at best. No, they're they're the third oh, best my. team in the East. Yeah, and how many teams are there? It's, 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 there's no East. There's no West anymore. But, there's no but East, his, no West. Historically, they're, still the third they're in the middle of the pack, historically. Historically, maybe, but like we're talking sure, about the last 10 years. Okay, ten last 10 years, they're like 65th percentile. No, they're not. They That's, made it to a bowl game every year. I still think, dude, do you realize they won the top? 80% of them. Dude, we have the likes of Auburn t- in the past 10 years. You have Auburn's Al- dog water. In the last ten years, they were pretty good. Uh, you have Alabama. Okay, call it last Georgia. five. Call it last five then. Okay, five. Last five, then sure, seventy-three percent. Style. Oh my god, you guys are delusional. Anyway, I'm not picking up the phone for anybody. If I'm building a program, I'm not picking the phone up for anybody, especially if I have a contract. It's just, it's not happening. I'm sorry. Uh, I, Josh, I guess we just gotta agree to disagree. I, I don't see it. Yeah. I don't see a, a point. We might have to revisit this at a later time, but let's yeah, move we on. Can do it. Ooh, Dan Quinn. Name. That's comparable. I what? Last five years, I agree. A&M. Oh, yeah. If I'm at A&M and I'm like the head coach or offense coordinator and I'm building A&M, I'm not well, taking calls for anybody else. Okay. Either. That's all, that's also like hard to say because like you also have the oil money coming in. Exactly. So, I mean, like, there's a money aspect to it. Moving on after that conversation about Kentucky, um, let's talk about Dan Quinn. So Dan Quinn, Cowboys, defensive coordinator, former. Um, we all know the Cowboys. Falcons man. legend, bro. Yeah, we all know the history of what this guy has been a part of. Uh, I'm just going to say it right now. I don't think that the commanders, I think this is a lateral move. I, I mean, would you guys disagree? I think this is a pretty lateral move for the commanders who, you know, under new management, um, you've got the the likes of Magic Johnson, you know, at, at the probably the most notable name of the the group trying to buy or not trying, who, who, bought, who bought the team. Yeah, uh, you have a like a new face. Fans are excited. I mean, all 10 of them. And, and they're getting hyped. And then you hire Dan Quinn, who is part of, you know, I realized that the Cowboys defenses were ranked top 10, but there's a certain quality, like a trait about coaches. And I don't know, I, I'm not in the inside of the Cowboys organization, obviously. I don't know how, but, but this is a team that consistently chokes. I mean, they, I mean, I, I can't think of another team. Maybe the Bills are the only other team that like consistently chokes in recent history. There's all, I mean, just look at the, oh, you're talking about the Cowboys, my fault. Yeah, I'm talking I about just, the Cowboys. Just look at the last game. Commanders. Look how much. Look how many points they put up on uh, the Cowboys defense. Yeah, so I mean, you can you can be ranked as much as as high as you want in the playoff or in the regular season. It doesn't matter once it's playoff time. I think you're you're 
it's all good for optics and stuff when you have a really good defense during the regular season, but literally all of it does not matter if, if you do what Dan Quinn did and the Cowboys did in that first playoff game. Is that is that a fair analysis, guys? Do, do, would you agree? I agree. And, and he, I, I, you have to like admit, he, he might be a good coach, but he also had some pretty dang good talent. He also had one of the luckiest players of all time, Trayvon Diggs, uh, getting the most Mickey Mouse interception number count I, I, I can ever see. If you look at the number of Mickey Mouse interceptions that Trayvon Diggs got two seasons ago, something like that. I, I don't think like these numbers, these are the type of things that boost Dan Quinn's like uh, his prospect. Resume. People, yeah, resume and, and, and stuff like that. In where can you even contribute that to his skill or what he brings to an organization? I don't think so. So and final thoughts about this. I don't think this is a good hire. Uh, I really don't see. I mean, sure, the Washington. I mean, dude, Washington traded away their big, like, cornerstone defensive piece last or earlier, like this this year, and that was okay. and that was Chase Young. Um, they traded Chase Young away. Montez they traded Sweat. a lot away. They traded. Yeah, they yeah. traded Montez Sweat. They traded all these pieces away, and now they're getting a defensive-minded head coach to come run them. I don't agree with it, and that's final. Coleman, I'm going to piggyback on the Commanders thing real quick. Um, <laughs> Dan Quinn is a terrible hire. I can't lie, but Ben Johnson did like shaft them, which I mean. No, yeah, for Good sure. For me. Ben Johnson's coming back. But um, I personally would have, like, put Eric Bimini as the head coach because of, of what he's done for the offensive coordinator when he was um, in with the Chiefs. But I heard that during the beginning of the season, um, the way, like, he makes the players train and practice, that the players, like, didn't like him. So they didn't want him to be the head coach. Okay. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, Ben Johnson did kind of – hurt them screw him over he's the goat yeah he is kind of the, you guys are lucky and I'll they didn't that. even give bill belichick an interview the greatest coach of all time didn't get, even get okay an interview. i don't blame them for that as much as we say bill belichick is a, how many years he's old he's, he's gonna retire he's in three years, three years, years left. that's take, a rebuild hot take i don't see him ever becoming an nfl head coach or any head coach ever again all right coleman let's uh, go ahead and move on to the nba here man what do you got for josh and brandon what is the first word that comes to your mind when you hear the player steven adams uh, brick wall. Australian. Australian. Okay. And now what do you hear when you think of, or what do you think of when you hear Victor Oladipo? Zero or... tendons in the knees. Okay. Brandon? Um, I, I, yeah, when I think of Victor Oladipo, I just think of broken, like on broken. the inside. Okay. Here we go. His spirits. Well, um, interesting news just went down uh, yesterday. The Houston Rockets um, have traded for Memphis's Stephen Adams, and they gave up. Victor Oladipo, uh, and also three second-round picks, which is you think is you know second-round picks and eh, whoever. Well, just, that's just basically trade trade opportunities that you can move up and move down for first-round stuff. Uh, no, not in fact, no. I think a, a lot of those second-round picks are um, those, they're going to be pretty high value, and at the same time, uh, you can always get valuable players, role players, and I mean, once again, I've always said it. Role players is what wins you championships at the in, in the playoffs. Role players is what it, what gets it done. Those rotations. Anyway, um, obviously a big trade went down. Uh, I mean, any any thoughts or initially on what I've said before? I'll break down the the money and the and the picks. Any thoughts, guys? I feel like it's just like a lateral trade for both. I agree. Uh, I think that the the Rockets are kind of done. Uh, with Oladipo and his and the, they must not have good out, outlook. Because I mean, dude, Victor Oladipo, man, when he was healthy, I mean, he was disgusting. His defense really good. He's a great piece for the Heat and uh, that in that run that they had. And I I don't know. It just it's just sad to see such a, a player you know a player with such high 
not aspirations, but high potential just to have such an injury ridden career like that. And uh, I mean, I know what happens. I know what happens a lot more than, than we see, but it, th this is just one hits different. Um, so like not, Cunningham. He's yeah, but like, it wasn't like a, it's, not, it's not an injury. It's not an injury like Oladipo. Yeah. Oladipo's had like five of these happen. So, I mean, it's not, it's not really comparable. Anyway, um, obviously, Steven Adams, he, he's pushing late or no, he's like mid 30. I think he's 30. Uh, he's pushing, you know, his early 30s. That's getting, you know, into a point older in his career. Uh, and he has, you know, he's dude, the Memphis Grizzlies organization is overrun by just injuries and injuries and just suspensions and injuries and and more poverty. They have some, you know, bright stars. Gigi Jackson looks pretty good. He still has some more maturity issues, as we saw in last night's game, uh, February 1st. Also, uh, I think that the the Rockets are going to try to make this like surprising start to the season surprisingly good. Um, and I mean, uh, they're going to try to make something out of this. I think that their rebuild is going to be like shorter than they expected. They have some good pieces um, that Sen Sengun is playing ridiculous. He's playing out of his mind. Um, and Ime Udoka, uh, I mean, he he's looking to upgrade his roster. And, and I, I like what the moves that he's been doing. Uh, I think Steven Adams could be a great piece. Good talk, Coleman. Good talk. I, I like the points that you made there. Um, Steven Adams, I I mean, I guess I get why they're moving on from him. I mean, this season's really like nothing now that John Morant's out. I mean, Jaron Jackson Jr. is doing his thing. But I mean, I forgot that they even got Marcus Smart, but isn't he been out all year too? Yeah, so, he's like, been out as well. They really just have like, you know, this is a good year for them to get pieces to, you know, use in the draft. Sure. And it was, it was, I believe it was two. 2024 second round picks and one 2025 yeah so, i mean the, there's picks they can use instantly and um, i hope for the best for the grizzlies organization man let me lay something out for you guys no i agree 100 let me let me lay let me lay something out for you guys the, the memphis grizzlies it may seem like they're doing terrible um but they're still finding a way to win these games without all these players can, let me let me just remind you guys they have John ja Morant, Jaron Jackson Jr., Desmond Bain, who is lights out from three and looks like he has T-Rex arms, which is the insult that everyone makes fun of him for. I know it's cliche, but it's pretty funny. They have Marcus Smart, and now they have Victor Oladipo, and you know who knows if he'll be an impact piece. But along with those picks, I think I, I, this is a scary team. I'm not gonna lie. Uh, and you know I, I'm a Timberwolves fan. They have like a small rivalry, uh, you know, with the with the Grizzlies, back, stemming back to like a, a, a other playoff earlier series that happened a couple of years ago. But I, I I'm kind of scared of this of this Grizzlies team. They have they're going to get a really good lottery pick this year, um, and their outlook for the future looks pretty good. Um, and I mean, do you guys disagree or agree? I mean, I agree with you. Yeah, mm -hmm. I, I'm kind of worried for they still have the goat Luke Kennard, but yeah, <laughs> they do, they do, and they also got a lot of salary cap removed. Um, the Grizzlies did so. Um, Stephen Adams' contract, you know. Was, pretty good i think they lost they, they they gained about like 13 million dollars in space um good, and now they're move. like 20 million dollars before the cap or below the cap and yeah so it's a franchise am i right it, it is looking pretty good for, for the memphis grizzlies right now um and i'm excited to see what they do all right let's move on josh do you want to talk about uh, the senior bowl yeah so this week has kind of been like a senior festivities down in mobile alabama uh some standouts there, you had been there. That's cool. Uh, but that's crazy because I didn't ask. Uh, Roman Wilson, yeah. uh, one of your guys, Michigan guy, wide receiver. He's been balling out, you know, uh, as well as the Toledo cornerback, uh, Quentin Mitchell. I think that's how you say his first name, Quentin. No, uh, Mitchell, Quentin uh, Mitchell, bro. Anyway, uh, they, they've they actually, after the first day of one-on-ones, after that, they've been running refs against each other, like, a lot. 
for like every rep. Uh, and um, Mike Tomlin's there. He's really the one that put them together. Uh, he's been walking walking around on the field and stuff like that. And uh, some of the quarterbacks haven't been doing too well the first two days. Um, the third day, uh, Bo Nix really popped off. Um, but overall, I think the best quarterback probably Michael Penix out of like the camp wise. Sure, that's there. Um, I haven't heard anything about Jordan Travis. Is he even throwing? No, he can't. Well, he, he I, think I think he can think throw. He can throw. He can't throw. I don't think he's participating. He's there, but he can't participate because of his injury. Okay. And then Devin Leary, he's not participating because he's dog water and he, nobody wants him to see him throw. <laughs> of course. Uh, so yeah, that's pretty much the wrap up of the Senior Bowl. A lot of at least, uh, at least we agree on that front. Yeah, a lot of one on ones in the um, uh, like linemen one on ones. Some yeah. aggressive uh, play there. I saw a dude got his helmet ripped off. And uh, I saw some people talking about that. Like, some people are like, it's either a good thing or a bad thing. But I think it'd be like a good thing, like that aggressive. And I don't know. No, I think it's I think it's a good thing. You got to show out for the for the scouts watching. One other thing that I'd say is for Bo Nix, I, I definitely agree that he's been on and off. I mean, I saw one of the worst underthrows in in scouting camp Bro, event history. Roman Wilson put the Toledo guy on a map, and then Bo Nix's throw was. Just- yeah, I mean. The receivers aren't getting their full recognition because they have a guy like Bo Nix. Um, well, I, don't think, that... I don't think it's even that. I mean, it's just like these guys have been playing with the same guys all season, so they like they read. Yeah, that's, 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 one, that's one thing, but that's that completely throwing balls is 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 another. I mean, it's not I mean, even like. Have you ever played D one football, Coleman? Uh, I plan to. Um, in a in a couple. Okay. Of... But my <laughs> thing, no, my thing is, you're, they're moving so fast that you almost have, you have to throw it ahead of them. Oh, so of like, course, I, I you don't know how fast your receiver is going to come out of the break. Or how fast they're gonna hit you the understand break. how football works, son? But you have to but, leave yeah. your target. Thank you for explaining the rules of the of the game I've watched for like over a dozen years. But l- let me let me explain something to you, Josh. Bo, Bo Nix is a guy who's pushing forty, and and he's supposed <laughs> to be a top draft pick in in, the, in this upcoming draft. And if the fact that you can't get on the same page with the receiver. I don't care if he's not on your team. Is he going to be? Is he going to have that experience with the players that he gets that on his team yeah, when he gets drafted? Yeah, no. my my thing is the first two days, yeah, terrible. Some of the clips bad, but this third day he's actually been on target and he's been sure. the best quarterback there. Okay, and that just shows that just shows me he can adapt quickly. Because okay. three days of practicing with with some guys, that's hard to do. Yeah, so. I agree. I also think that there's some talent level to that where like the the more talented you are, the faster you can adapt. In two days. Doesn't sound like a lot, but that kind of is a lot. But it, I, I digress. Let's let's move on. Uh, Pro Bowl. Um, I mean, obviously, there's some changes to the Pro Bowl. We have some skills, um, skills thing. I and mean, they've been changing up the formats of both the NFL and NBA of their like designated weekend. So obviously, we have the Pro Bowl for the NFL and then All Star Weekend for the NBA. They're trying to do some new things in the NBA. We got the three point contest between Sabrina and Steph. Uh, that's gonna be. One heck of an event. I, I, that's that's going to be cake for Steph, bro. You Easy think so? Honestly, Dude, I think I, Sabrina should have to shoot from the three, uh, NBA three-point line. I, saw, I don't know I sure she said she would, bro. I, no, she said on Twitter she would. But, the, NBA, bro. but, I mean, to be fair, they, to each, like, they have their own, like, it's not like Steph practice. I mean, even if you're the best, the best, okay, the best shooter should be able to make a shot at, like, at a pretty good rate on either thing. I mean, either, you could do half and half. Or, or you could just play to your own strengths. Anyway, it's yeah, up sure. to the NBA let's to decide. Let's Steph Curry shoot some mid-range. I'm sure he won't hit any of those. Okay, well, you know what I meant. I meant, like, it, they practice on their different things, so it's going to be different. So, I mean, I, I don't disagree with, like, letting them do their own their own range. Like, it's only a few, like, feet shorter. If if that, I think it's, like, a foot and a half or something like that. Uh, and 
if, I mean, if you've been practicing on one size your, your whole life, why should you switch up? I don't think it's like a skill thing. If anything, it's hard for me, me personally. I know I'm not, I'm, I'm like almost to the NBA level, but I'm obviously not there yet. But like, I struggle with those like inside area shots sometimes more than I do the mid range. It's just like a psychological thing. And also the, the angle has to be different. Um, so I don't know. It's just like, just like little, little things like that. I don't think it's that big of a deal. I think we'll see who's the best shooter in the world. Um, but moving on other pro bowl stuff, you guys have any opinions on the format changes, anything like that? Also, I mean, we could throw in the NBA too there. Do you guys think there's something that the NBA needs to add for all-star weekend? Like, uh, I've always thought that'd be cool to have a one-on-one -on -one tournament. I've seen that idea passed around yeah. a lot, like, but it's the same type of thing. I mean, if, if players are scared to agree to do a dunk contest because of optics, I'm sure all their managers are like, yeah, don't do this because there's a chance. Like, let's say you just get absolutely posterized and, and then that's just your, that's just who people like associate you with for the rest of your career. There's that same risk with with the one on one tournament and maybe even more so because we don't have debates on who's a better ho like who, who has the best poster. But we don't have that debate as much as we have the best debate or the debate on who is a better like one on one player. I mean, that's exactly think of, why I think they should do it. Like it's all about yeah, pride but, at that point. But I mean, there's no clause in the NBA, PA the Players Association will never, ever, ever agree to anything that makes like a player like liable to play in these events. So I don't think that you could ever force someone to. And, and if you can't force I think them, you'd have to, I, honestly. But you can't like that. I, I understand that it probably okay, will can. never happen. But in a perfect world, but in a perfect world, you're getting paid millions of dollars to play the sport. I, I want thousands. You're gonna play agree. in the. You're gonna play in this event that's gonna make me millions of dollars as well. Yeah. So no, I 100 like, agree. I don't. I I don't like it. I don't like how you can just opt out of going like to the Pro Bowl and All Star. Nobody. Okay, well, the Pro Bowl is the Pro Bowl is different. I think the Pro Bowl is different because I mean, you're, you. I don't think so. Players who opt out of the Pro Bowl are like om like almost entirely the the ninety five percent of them are players who are in the Super Bowl. Oh no 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 I get no 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 I'm not saying that mm -hmm. I'm saying like people that just opt out like entirely like they they lost like call it like the Lions player they lost so like they don't want to go to the Pro Bowl though so they just opt okay, out. Okay well yeah that's I don't different. think that should be allowed. I don't I don't know about ninety five percent I pulled that number out of my out of my behind but I I also think that like in the past it's largely been. I mean, at least the, the mayor, major players that make the Pro Bowl usually don't participate, and those that's because they are in the Super Bowl. Because I mean, the best players are usually. Be, in, I don't it really know. should just be an honor to do both. Like I don't understand sure. why. Yeah. It's, it's turned into a, it's turned from an honor to a to obligate like a, a something you have to do, like a like a. I really, I mean, I feel like if I'm in the Pro Bowl, I'm going to that bit. Like, yeah, I don't even care. Yeah. Like, if my team was like you know like in the NFC Championship when we lost, like obviously like I'd be sad. But I'm still going sure. to the Pro Bowl. Yeah, you know like yeah. it would be to like hang the out Pro with Bowl. all like these fellow Dude, stars, bro. I mean, did you see, we saw the events last night. They uh, and they're having more events. I think tomorrow or Sunday. I can't remember. I think those were all the events, and then they still have to do like the best catch thing again. Yeah, and then it's just the flag football game on Sunday. Yeah, uh, it's like tug. Of, they have to tug of war and then move the chain and stuff like that, and to uh, kick tac toe. To do that stuff, yeah. So it's, it's like definitely more like aimed to the younger audience for sure. Like, what are we even I getting out know. of it? A... I mean, I like I like watching stuff like the tick uh, the kick tech toe. That's a lot of skill. You know I mean, what I'm yeah, saying? But... Okay. <laughs> are you serious? I like yeah. watching like, the QB one. Like the yeah, that I one like is cool. One. That's like the classic one. Like the the target one where you get the points. That's the classic. Best and I kind of like the tug. I kind of like tug of war because you get to see who's stronger. I like. Well, what, what's that one? It's like it's kind of like how like the NBA does. Like you know they do like the layups, the, the shot, skill the challenge. pass, the yeah. skill challenge. When the NFL does that, that one's pretty cool. Yeah, that is pretty cool. That pretty cool. Oh, also but the dodgeball. Like, I thought that was a cool thing. I thought that was yeah. pretty cool. Dodgeball. So they do some cool things, but I definitely don't think 
I definitely think that the NBA needs to get their act together and make it develop a culture where it's a privilege to be in these games because it is a privilege. But I, you, you know, mean, we, we you mean the NFL? That. No, the NBA. Oh, you're talking about the one on ones. Yeah, the one, like, yeah, the one on ones in the in the dunk contest and stuff like that. I don't. I mean, I don't know what you can do besides give them like a cash prize to win it. But like, even at that, I don't think I'm doing it for like if it's me, and I'm in just calling me Devin Booker, and I, I'm in the NBA, like, and I want to prove that I'm the best scorer one on one. Like that's just pride at that point. I don't care yeah. how much you pay me. I think it's definitely a culture thing. But let's move on. All right, so uh, speaking about the NBA All-Star Game, uh, the final rosters has come out. Uh, we've got a few snubs that we're going to talk about later, but the rosters as it is right now. Uh, for the East, we got the f- uh, starting five, be Giannis Antetokounmpo, Joel Embiid, Tyrese Halliburton, Damian Lillard, Jason Tatum. And then the reserves for the East would be Bam Adebayo, Paulo Bancaro, uh, Jalen Brown, Jalen Brunson, Tyrese Maxey, Donovan Mitchell, Julius Randle. So that kind of rounds out the East. Uh, for the West, the starters, uh, of course, the uh, captain, for some reason, is LeBron. Uh, and the starters will be Luka, Kevin Durant, Jay Gillius, Alexander, LeBron, uh, Jokic. And then the reserves, the first one off the bench, Devin Booker. Okay. Uh, then, Steph, then Steph Curry, then Anthony Davis, then this guy named Anthony Edwards. Don't know who that is. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and then Paul George, smoothest guy in the league. Kawhi Leonard, uh, I don't know why is he even. He's not been injured all year. No, he's only missed like five games. He's playing great this year. I'm Kawhi kidding, bro. I'm just kidding, bro. Yeah, and yeah. then we got final, last but not least, Big Purr himself, Carl Anthony Towns. <laughs> they were asking for you in media. <laughs> and then, and then I just want to point out. I know if you're a true listener, uh, and you just listen to everybody I've named off, there's seven Kentucky players. That's the most all-time by any all-star like event. Next closest all-time would be four. Um, so yeah, just to point out, Kentucky's the greatest of all time. Yeah, wait, uh, that many, is impressive. Kentucky That's players impressive. have scored seventy plus points. One, two. one. Oh, one. Yeah, Carnot the Towns didn't score seventy, so one. Yeah, he, he will. He will uh, tonight though against Kansas. Oh, y'all. All right, Will Chamberlain doesn't right. count. <laughs> yeah, I feel like that doesn't. Yeah, that's kind of hard because I don't see any videotape of that one. Yeah. All right. Well, anyway, you guys want to talk about the snubs? You guys think? Because I I have one that kind of hits close to home, but I think there's a conversation to be had. Uh, I'll just start. Yeah, Why not? Yeah, you go ahead um, and start. So I, I heard a lot of stuff about some Kings players and Joshua or whoever wants to go the other one, maybe Brandon. But I, one of them is Sabonis, and and obviously he didn't make the reserves. He has some great stats this, and he's well rounded. Um, he's probably the I, I don't know. I'd say, I mean, he's the second most important player on the team. Uh, I'd say first Fox, then Sabonis, then actually Malik Monk, I think, plays a very large role in, in the in the Kings uh, system. But anyway, I, I think Sabonis, there's definitely a case to be made. I saw a lot of people are mad and it's kind of a personal argument for me just because Carl Anthony Towns would probably be his, rep- like, who he would replace. Um, obviously, I'm a Timberwolves fan. Carl Anthony Towns, there's a... Not I mean, per. Yeah, I mean... You have to give weight to the fact that the Timberwolves are the one seed, uh, and you have to give weight to the fact that the Kings are the fifth seed. And is there a big enough difference between those two seeds to make Cat a more uh, vi- not viable, but like a more appealing player for for riders and and people who voted? I don't know. I don't know if that's a big enough difference. Um, and if it wasn't, what was the difference that put Cat over Sabonis? And I think that. Um, 
one argument that could you know be used in favor of Sabonis being over Cat is that I think Sabonis's role on the Kings is a bigger role than Cat's role on the Timberwolves, and I think I know that's a hot take for some people. I, I've watched all the games, this, and even for some Timberwolves fans, I I, I do think obviously Cat is you know has the utmost importance um, in terms of like a lot of uh, I mean he's the longest tenured player on the Timberwolves and all that stuff, but I do think with the emergence of Anthony Edwards uh, and also the rim presence, the defensive presence overall by um, Rudy Gobert, the soon-to-be four-time Defensive Player of the Year. I think that it is, Cat's kind of, you know, and he's accepted taking this backseat role. And I, I don't know, is do I have a decision? I think it's kind of a toss-up. Uh, and since it's a toss-up and I'm a, a Timberwolves fan, I'm going to use my bias. I'm going to say Cat deserved it. But I would accept the fact, I would accept arguments and I would argue with people. Um, and I wouldn't be mad if people thought that Sabonis deserved it. I think it's one of those toss-up ones. What do you guys think? I don't want to say it's like a realist, uh, rele relevancy bias. So like Cat with the big game of uh, scoring all those points. Yeah, I mean that's that's definitely an argument. I mean he just scored. Is that the recency stuff? Like he just scored. Does, does all the does everything else go out the window and people are focused on that? A lot of casual NBA fans uh -huh. like Brennan and Josh, like my my two co-hosts here, they'll what? see numbers and, and uh, they'll see like wow, this player scored. I'm saying the people that voted for him. I'm, not no, I, I, I'm just I'm no, I know. I'm just kidding. I was just throwing shade at you guys, but I'm saying it, some people see numbers and they think whoa he's probably been doing this all year he's on a tear that's not always the case you know you have off and off on and off games especially I when agree. your name is carl anthony towns um <laughs> yep but yeah what, what, what do you guys think other snubs uh i'll let brandon go okay um obviously hating him was a snub I okay mean, all right well let's move on to some real snubs um a real snub i got trey young on my list okay why do you have trey well, young <clears throat> well Trey Young's averaging 27 points per game and 10.9 assists per game. So, I mean, I saw this thing on Instagram. I don't know, like, where it came from, but Trey Young, there's only been three people in NBA history who have averaged over 25 points per game and over 10 assists. He's going to do that. Break. And Trey Young is two of those three. Oh, so, wow. I mean, he's been snubbed twice. Um, this year, I mean, it's just – the East does have like good guards, like Tyrese Halliburton's emerged out of nowhere. Um, you know they have Jalen Brunson, Tyrese Maxey, Donovan Mitchell's doing great for his team. So like, yeah, I mean I think I would take out Jalen Brown like guard slash forward because I mean Jalen Brown only makes it because like he's with Jason Tatum. Like I hundred percent like, like, comparing their stats. And he's in, the, in the biggest market. That's probably another reason. Yeah, the voting yeah. probably played a giant role. The, and I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. Uh, Brandon, but I I completely agree with the whole Trey thing. I think it's bad that he got snubbed. I think it's bad for basketball, uh, because there's players like, uh, I mean, what am I trying to say? I, I, I think feel like it's I was bad. saying this like the same time last year, like just snubbed again, bro. Yeah, it's yeah. kind of it's hard to say because I mean, dude, imagine you're Trey Young right now, dude. You get made fun of because you look like you know the lollipop on the carpet, all that stuff. You have the hair thing. You look like a like a, a what are those like little toys, those trolls, whatever. You have all these things and you also have the city of Atlanta wishing that they had drafted Luca or stayed with Luca over you. Then you have all the, all these things coming against you and you get snubbed. I mean, man, it just sucks, man. I, I feel bad for Trey Young. Um, he's never been in any of these like big controversies. I, I feel like maybe I'm missing something. I don't think I am. Um, and I don't know. I feel like he's a cool guy, a great guy. And I, I don't understand um, all the hate and I don't understand how he got snubbed. I, I, I would, I mean, this is a hot, I put him over. I, I would put him over Jalen Brown and not, and I'm sure, I mean, the, the, the Celtics have, you know, the most loyal fans probably in the entire league, uh, not the biggest market,
but it's it's still a large fan base. Those two can be separate, and I think that that was probably the deciding factor that put Jalen Brown over. I, I don't put value in this case having the Celtics be the one seed because the Celtics have by and far the best roster in the NBA, um, for, at least for like winning regular season games. Uh, and so yeah, that's my argument for why Trey Young should have been in. Dude, thanks for strengthening my argument, man. I really like that. No, no, I think yours was. I, I don't really understand. I just had it all. I just chose the best player. No, that. Um, I mean, yeah, I'd agree. That was probably the top. No, but top, I mean, up in the East. It's like it's just tough for Trey Young because, like, you know, his team's always battling for like I guess like the play-in spot. I believe that's ten teams now, right? So he yeah. can like he's always battling for the play-in, and then like their front office gets him no help. If anything, they just trade away like his key pieces. Like they lost John Collins. Yeah. You know, NBA offseason, so it's like. They're not helping him at all, and like people hate him so much. And he's they're gonna lose. He, they're gonna lose Dejounte Murray too. So yeah, all. like he's doing all he can. He's averaging good numbers, and just like for the NBA to like not recognize like what he's doing. I mean, I guess it's like the NBA fans too, yeah. but just like everyone in general, like this man's like doing all he can. I mean, obviously yeah. he's not gonna be like in the MVP conversation either. Sure. So it's like he's just like doing this just for fun now. Because I mean, now what? Yeah, they're not gonna make the playoffs. So feel bad for him, man. Yeah. All right, Josh, you got you got one that you that we're missing. Yeah, I got. I think I got one. Um. Uh, I got De'Aaron Fox. You know, I hate to say that. I mean, he could have he could have been the eighth player for Kentucky. You know, but that's not why I picked him. It's not why I picked him. I know a lot of people are gonna think that's why, but no. Uh, he's been averaging twenty seven points off forty six percent, almost forty seven percent field goal percentage. And 38% from three. He's not the greatest three-point shooter, but 38%, that's pretty well, he, high clip. He's a shot chucker, so the percentages are going to be low. I mean, 38% is not low for three-point percentage. And almost I know, but 47% I'm about the field from field goal percentage is not bad. It's not yeah, not but amazing, it probably would be higher if he, if he wasn't their primary. Right. I mean, he had, he's averaging 5.5 assists, 1.6 steals, 4.1 rebounds. You know, I just think he got a little snubbed. I mean, who would you replace? I guess you go. That's what I was about same, to ask you. Like, who would you replace? I guess, it, I guess it'd be the same argument for. Um, uh, well, actually, hold on. Let me think real quick. Let me cook. Hold on. Let me cook. I mean, the only person I could compare it to would be Anthony Edwards, but. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I mean but hey, you're not going to take out Curry. I know you're not going to say Devin Booker. Yeah, Devin Booker's staying. And you can't average twenty eight. You can't take out the two starting guys, so it's like, yeah, it's I kind of hard to find like a spot. The most comparable, Paul the most, George. the most comparable. Well, it doesn't it have to fit. Uh, doesn't it have to be a, a guard that they that they take I don't out. Think it has to be. Well, I mean, whatever. If if there was a guard that I would say has the like, probably like the closest. Like, if it's a debate, it would probably be Ant. Um, just because I mean, cause he's younger, and also his stats aren't as good. But I think that the the whole thing I was talking about the seating and also. The uh, you know, I mean, I guess they're both kind of number one options, but I'd go Ant or Paul George. Ant definitely has Ant definitely has the 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 attention of of you know the country, especially with the USA Team USA. He's definitely on the, everyone's radar right now. Are you talking about the Team USA that really sucked, dude? The Team at USA that got second, that he was the main part of. So yeah, but, yeah, but that's FIBA, USA should never know. be second. Okay, I I know, but I'm I'm not arguing that. All I'm saying is that he has the, the, the public's attention, so that would be hard does for he? him to not get. Yeah, I think he does. I would say so. Yeah, the fake, I think he I has more than De'Aaron Fox. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. That's so. I think compared I agree. compared to that, I think he has more. I mean, it's not even about market. It's just about he does have like a 
yeah, a more marketable play style, more marketable attitude, more marketable just per personality, everything that goes with it. And that's just unfortunate for Defox, but also fortunate for Ant fans like me. So yeah, but who's a better player? I think Ant. Okay. I think it's I think. really close right now, but I think that the fact that the uh, Fox is a little bit older and it's close just shows, you know, just proves more. I mean, you could argue that they're like the same team and just like look at their records. So, I mean, it's, I mean, yeah. But let me hit you. Can I hit you with some breaking news, guys? Um, sure. Let's hear it. The Saints are planning to hire 49ers pass game specialist Clint Kubiak as their offensive coordinator. Really? Mm-hmm. Huh. I mean, That's I don't know if that... Adam Schefter, the GOAT, better than that Woj guy. True. Okay, I, I don't know if... This is my immediate take. I don't know if adding this guy is going to... I don't know. I, I don't think it's written in that adding a, uh offensive coordinator is going to help you with your insane deficit in the in the salary cap. But, you know, I mean, maybe it's this new rule that I've overlooked. The Saints are royally screwed in the in the next five years in terms of their, their money situation. <clears throat> and I don't even know if, like, you... It kind of sucks being in this position because this guy, Kubiak... I've I've been following him for a bit. I, I just feel bad for him because he's gonna be, look, be looked down upon um, because of, uh, the lack of success the Saints are gonna have in the next couple of years. That's my immediate take. I mean, it's tough. I mean, yeah, it's tough. The, that division is a toss up to the NFC South, but you know when you have to draw up plays. No offense to Derek Carr, but he's not what he used to be. And like your best weapon is Chris Olave. Yeah, like it's it's just like their offense is just like weird. Yeah, for sure. All right, moving on to our, I think this is our second um, ever feels good story of the week, but you know, I'm going to keep doing this or we're going to keep doing this. I feel like this is a, we're going to keep doing this. This is a good way to, you know, uplift spirits, you know, make people happy. And I, I like, I like, uh, I think we need a little bit more good in, in that aspect. So um, our feels good story of the week for this week, um, first week in February is going to be Baltimore Ravens tight end. Mark Andrews, you know, he didn't. Ma- it doesn't matter that they just lost a, a clutch game. He's just still going to still. He's going to still step in and help. He was on a uh, Southwest Airlines flight, which, I mean, Mark Andrews, man, come on, bro, why aren't you flying? Why aren't you flying private? Um, but you know, he's he's saving some money, so he was on a Southwest Airlines flight, and a woman in front of him um, apparently started uh, to, you know, pass. She was going unconscious. She had uh, her heart rate was really low, like really thirty-five to forty, I think it was. Um, pulse was weak. And she needed oxygen. So all that was happening. Um, and Mark Andrews was sitting. And no one really knew that Mark Andrews. I mean, I don't know. Me personally, if I was on a plane, there was a guy. Was what? How tall is he? Like 6'6"? Six, six? Uh, I'd probably know. I'd be, able, I'd be able to sniff it out that it was a Mark Andrews. But anyway, uh, he, he went unnoticed. And, and there was a nurse and the doctor on the flight that were trying to help out. Um, but Mark apparently just got up and, and asked if it was possible that she had um, you know, low blood sugar. If that if that could be the reason why she was um, having such a, a hard time. Uh, breathing and the heart rate was low and he had a diabetic test kit and if you did not know uh mark andrews actually has type 1 diabetes he's like very vocal about his um type of, i think he does a lot of initiative stuff um uh related to that uh diagnosis uh and and, and so yeah he he uh hosts camps for like di- diabetic children and all that stuff so it's pretty cool and uh, so he had a test kit, obviously, because, you know, someone with diabetes needs to have that on hand. And he uh, and he had helped administer it. And that actually turned out to be what the problem was. So he helped save someone's life on a plane. Overall, props to Mark Andrews, man, um, coming off a loss and, and still being a great person. I think that's really cool. So that's our feels good story of the week. Uh, I think next we should talk about the, the games that we picked or the records that we had last week and maybe talk about our picks for this upcoming week. You guys good with that? All right. So last week. 
uh it was not a great week for us overall uh josh and i went five and five brandon went four and six he was a bit um he went out on a limb for some of these games and uh so overall not a great week but we you know to be fair we do pick some games that are like relatively close we got, we got to make it interesting so uh, when we go five and five when we go six and four and even when we go like four and six or, or three and seven it's not a sign because obviously we are probably the three of the most knowledgeable people in all sports so it's kind of like not like a thing about our ability to pick just like how the games are unpredictable would you guys agree with that yeah for sure yeah like how am, I, how am i supposed to know the celtics will like lose their first home game to the clippers bro exactly like, exactly like this is not stuff that uh we, we we weren't given that part of the script we were only given half of it so, part, so how did you it. guys not, how did you guys not know that iowa state with ames magic dude that was a good pick and you talked about it you were very confident talking about that last week so i, I props yeah. to you josh that was a good that was a good prediction a good pick so yeah iowa state did beat kansas but state. josh how'd you not know that like the nuggets would like top the bucks like in doc rivers like first yeah, game come on man like blow a lead like well i just you know, thought like doc, doc rivers would kind of like take a back seat and not be doc rivers for once you know yeah okay well uh, anyway anyway uh running total because it's been i think what three weeks now so yeah this is we've completed three weeks we're about to start week four uh and our, our total so far is josh is 16 and four for a total 53 percent win rate uh brandon's 15 whoa, and whoa, whoa. you said 16 and four sorry 16 and 14 for an over uh a win rate of 53 percent uh, Brennan is 15 and 15 for a win rate of 50%. And I am 19 and 11 for a win rate of 63%. So that is our running total. And let's get into the games for this week. So week four, um, tonight is actually our first game. So I have to get editing right after we finish this podcast and, and upload this. But tonight we have our first two games of our week four uh, slate. So first two games, I'll just start it off. We can rotate. Uh, Kings at Pacers and all of us at the Kings. Uh, Butler at number 13, Creighton, college basketball game. All of us have Creighton, so obviously not any variance there. Probably not much, much to talk about. Pretty confident in the Creighton pick, although that is a big, uh, a great big East matchup. And then the Kings at the Pacers. Uh, the Pacers are pretty injury. I think Miles Turner's out, and then Halliburton might be out. Uh, Halliburton, man, get your stuff together, man. Do some more stretches before the games. All right, uh, Josh or Brandon, you guys want to talk about Saturday? Yeah, I'll do Saturday. Uh Major stretch of uh, NCAA basketball, but first we got the Bucks at the Mavs. Uh, I went Mavs before I knew they were injured, but also after I figured it out, I was like, you know what, Luka Magic, it happens once in a while, and I don't believe in Doc Rivers. Uh, so I stuck with the Mavs, and then Coleman and Brandon both picked the Bucks. Yep. Uh, I, I don't know why they why they put well, faith into Doc Rivers, but that's well, fine. Well, Josh, was it not you last week who had the utmost faith in Doc Rivers, like we just mentioned? What happened during that time? Well, I just thought he would sit back and not do anything, but obviously it's he's going to try to implement his system heavily. Okay. So, and, and you uh, think that's detrimental. Okay, I got you. I'm going to say it right now. Giannis goes for 40. Okay, two. lock it in. I'm, I'm going to say put right it now. Luca goes right for 60 plus. I'll put Luka it right next to the plus. And then Luca 60 plus. All right, I got to write these down just so I can hold you guys accountable for, for when you're dead wrong. <laughs> okay. All right. And then All next right. we got. We got number four, Houston, at number eight, uh, Kansas, in Lawrence. A tough place to play, but uh, I have the utmost faith in Houston and their defense and their efficiency. Uh, so I went Houston. I think Coleman, for the same reasons, went Houston. Yep. Brandon went Kansas. I don't know why, because he, they play three-on-five basketball every time they step on the court. Like I said last week, they just lost uh, uh, in Ames, and now they're going to try to come back in Kansas. I don't think it's going to work out. I mean, Houston's a better basketball team. But, Brandon, why'd you pick Kansas? No, just go ahead. Uh, I picked I picked Kansas because, you know, everyone has picked their upset. Like, you picked Iowa State. Like, this is 
it was my game. Kansas undefeated at the at their home place. Um, Hunter Dickinson, Michigan. I wouldn't say legend because he didn't do diddly squat up there, but Michigan yeah. alum. And um, yeah, that's why Kansas Jayhawks. I just have to prove that they're better than Kentucky. So if they win, well, that's not gonna happen. Anyway, uh, moving on. Duke at UNC. This is a top ten matchup. Seven versus number three. UNC being the higher. Uh, I think we all went UNC here. Uh, RJ Davis is playing extremely uh, well. RJ Davis is him. He a national player of the year candidate. Yeah. I see a lot of UNC fans joke and say, what if Caleb Love and, and RJ Davis are on the same team as a joke pointing to like, what if they played this good together? Uh, and, and so that's what, what they oh well. Yeah. Oh, well, what if what if Kentucky players played all four years at Kentucky? Oh, well, anyway, yeah. um, anyway, they, I don't they, think they usually have... don't even play one. Exactly. Like shade and sharp. Anyway, yeah. uh, Duke. I don't see Duke having anybody, even though uh, Jared McCain coming off his great performance on TikTok uh, with uh, two days into college, um, monumental put on though for real. Like that girl is gonna make millions of dollars off Jared McCain. Congrats to her. But that's about all Jared McCain's done this season. Um, UNC great team uh, and uh, Baycott, the their center. Uh, yep. He looks like Michelle Obama. So we he joke does. all the time that uh, that's Michelle Obama playing for UNC. Uh, he also kind of looks like John Morant if he like was on Zion's diet. Yeah, and but like I said, R.J. Davis going to carry UNC, especially UNC being at home. It's a rivalry game, so it's kind of a toss-up in that aspect. But UNC being home, I think, gives him the edge. Sure. Uh, any, anything you guys want to add on that one? No, I'm excited to get into this next game. Oh, yeah, next game. This is the game of the weekend for me and Coleman. and Brandon, nobody cares about you. Uh, number five, Tennessee. Oh, Rocky Top gonna burn down this weekend. Oh, dude, at dude, number ten, say, Kentucky. I say this is a top ten matchup, bro. Kentucky's number ten. Give them their credit. Come on, <laughs> top ten matchup. Hey, if you can count five and ten, or both in the top ten, that's hey, no, no, no. Don't, don't hate him. He's he's turning a new leaf. He's giving Kentucky the, the respect they deserve. No, he's not. He picked against them. <laughs> oh uh, yes. Yeah. So me and Coleman picked our team, Kentucky. Uh, of course, for obvious reasons, we did come off a bad loss against Florida this really week. Really bad. But, you know. Got to turn it around. We're going to be fully healthy this weekend. Uh, no excuses. So we're going to see what happens. Uh, hopefully, Big Z comes in and rocks up again. But he has not been playing too great. Uganda's been playing good. Uh, Reed Shepard played all game last game. Had 20 pl- had twenty points. So he's been playing all right. Uh, everybody's been playing good. So, Brandon, why'd you pick Tennessee? Um, It's, it's simple math. You know, Tennessee beat Florida and Florida beat Kentucky, Kentucky also I mean, beat Florida at Florida, so where's that math, buddy? Well, I mean, I'm just going uh, for recency bias, and um, I just do really. I just my job here, guys, is just to piss Josh off. So you know, when Tennessee comes back and they beat Kentucky after being down, let's say they're down ten at half, they come back and you know beat Kentucky and Kentucky. If we're up, ten, just, if we're I just up want y'all to know when I'm looking the score up, I'm gonna have a big smile on my face. There you're you go. The, you're not gonna watch the game. Um, I might. I'm, I'm a wow. very busy what a, man. What a great I'm, analyst. I'm busy. Yeah, you're busy. All right. To all right. Moving on. Whoever wants to do Sunday. Um, I'll finish this out, guys. Um, pause. Um, Clippers at Heat for this Sunday NBA basketball. We all have the Clippers. Not much to say there. I mean, Paul George, Swaggy P. As long as it's not the playoffs, he's a good guy. Yes, sir. Um, Monday we have another NBA game. We have Mavs at Sixers. Josh went with the Sixers. Why? Wayne Coleman with the Mavs. Um, Embiid's not going to be playing. 
I went with the Mavs. I think Embiid will play. Embiid might you, play. I he don't think a, he's gonna. I think they're gonna. I think. I mean, the, no, it wasn't an official announcement. It's his meniscus. Yeah, he is. It's his meniscus, and I think it's cooked. His team. They're gonna. I think it's pretty. I know, they announced it, but it's kind of like a unofficial announcement that his meniscus meniscus has, is cooked. We don't know if it's like the kind where you need to get the 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 surgery with like the four months. He has to get another tired. MRI. He has to get two MRIs. Yeah. So and it's not conclusive yet. So there's a, a good chance, unfortunately, that this guy that's having an, an amazing season, uh, albeit kind of fraudulent with the free throws, it, it might be done for a good while. Um, and I think with that chance, I'm obviously the health is more important, but I'm I'm going with the Mavs for the sake of the record of my picks. <laughs> I guess is the best way to say it. Uh, but I, I I don't think that he's going to play. And if he does, I think, I think he'll if be there's eliminated. a chance, I think if there is a chance he plays, and he plays because he has to for awards wise. Sure. Okay. But either way, I pick the 76ers. I believe in Tyrese Maxey, and I think he's going to get done. And then Luca's going to come off that 60 plus game and think that he doesn't have to play again. So, yeah. 70 plus game. I said 60. Why 60? 60 plus. That's my that was my prediction earlier. Oh, you're right. That, that one. Yeah, you're right, you're right, right. All right. Yeah, so he's rounding out tired. the rounding out the last two games. We got number 22 BYU at number 23 Oklahoma. Uh and I'm the only one that has BYU. I'm the only one. I I I personally am drawn to BYU because of their disrespect to the University of Texas. Uh I was I'm inspired to be frank to be frank with you guys i'm inspired by the sheer uh um, inspiration it's just it's just the, the whole story around this whole byu program and their fans their student section is just inspirational to me they stood up they took a stand against texas they put their horns down uh and, and they got punished for it and i'm i'm willing to bet that their byu team basketball team the players are upset about that and they're gonna go make a statement against another big 12 opponent future sec opponent um but yeah i, I have byu and then wednesday last game of the, of the of the week week four we have the pelicans at the clippers and all of us have the clippers so yeah that rounds out our games for week four our predictions um and yeah with that being without further ado i want to thank everyone for coming out and listening to the podcast this week um i'm sure I'm sure all of you guys lasted to the very end and no one clicked off. So for those of you still listening, thank you for listening the whole way. Uh, if you guys want to check out our social medias, you can go to Instagram and look up show wildcards. And there you can find a link tree that shows us all of our social medias and you can follow us everywhere you want um, and check out. Yeah. Make sure to check that out. Uh, and without anything else, if you guys don't have anything else to say, I think that's, that's good. No, I think we're good. I appreciate y'all listening. I uh, hope you have a blessed week and uh, yeah, God bless. Peace. Peace.